We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sean, let's wrap up this recruiting aspect with a look at what we believe and what we project are the five most important June visits of uncommitted players. And so these are the guys where we look at and say the visits that are most important to uh, being able to close with these kids, but also the players that are most important to the success of this class. So it's a combination of those two things. So number one, Sean, we, we talked about it earlier. That linebacker, it's Kingston. I mean, he's yeah. he's the number one guy, I think, because with defensive end, Elijah Rushing is a huge one, and we'll get to him, but you, you've you met your needs with pretty good players at that position. Without Kingston, you don't meet your needs a linebacker. No. And, and, and unless you're able to have a comeback with Chris Cole or finish close on Chris Cole, who I also love as a prospect, but again, right now I don't think that they – are you know, right now coming into the visit, I don't feel as good about where they stand with Chris Cole as they do Kingston, which is why we're focusing more on Kingston. Yeah. But when I look at, at him as a player, that's he could also be the kind of ringleader type of recruit in a class too, Sean, that he could be the guy that helps you go get a Justin Scott, the guy that goes and helps you get an Elijah rushing that helps you close on a safety or in that kind of player. I think he's, he's also important in that regard. So, that's why he's number one, because I think he's incredibly important to this class, as you yeah. stated earlier. I think, and I, but I also think this visit is going to play a huge role in who he picks. Cause I do think he's very torn between Ohio State and Notre Dame and then to a degree USC. But I think he's very torn. And when the kid's that close, the final visit can be the thing that just sways him. Are you the school that hosts him and does everything where he just leaves and he's like, yeah, that's home? That's what Notre Dame has to do with Kingston this summer. And um, we'll see if they're able to do it. But because also because Ohio State does have the last visit, which I think can get overplayed sometimes. I actually think it, it can actually in this instance benefit Notre Dame because everybody's like, well, the, you know, the, the, if it's about the June visits, well, that school's getting the last crack at it. Yeah, but what if you're able to knock it out of the park enough to where he's thinking about you yeah. the entire time he's somewhere else? How's that going to matter to him? I think that's a big part of it as well. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. His film, I remember the first time I played his film for left, and the left is like, this kid plays where? And I'm like, he plays Bosco. And he's like, in California? I'm like, yeah. He's like, we played them next week, <laughs> seven on seven. <laughs> so, he, you know, immediately he comes back after they play, and he says, "Oh boy, this kid is is the real deal," you know. And everything you just said about this young man, I get the vibes of getting Manti. Mm-hmm. Over over USC. Yeah. When you see you think about a kid from Boston Prep, if you can get a kid out of California for over USC and beat out Ohio State, yeah, that's a pretty bold statement. So I, I can fully understand why you have them where you have them listed on this on this. And and the Manti thing fits to me too, Sean. Not just because they're both Polynesian. No, no. I mean, you can't ignore that. Yeah. But it has more to do with what you when you just l- listen to him talk and you yeah. get interviews, you talk to people and know him. It's like this is that kind of kid that people just want to play with and play. You know, when when he gets to Notre Dame, you know, he gets on, he gets in your face. And I think that there's they're signing a lot more guys like that. I think I think Drake is that way in last year's class. Yeah. Right, like I, I feel like Nolan Ziegler has a little bit of that in the 2022 class. I think Jaden Allsbury has kind of that guy in a different way because Jaden is a little bit, you know, quieter in those kind of ways. But like, you're just getting some of those those guys that are just smart 
and athletic and passionate and hard workers and people just want to play with them. And I think Kingston brings a lot of that to the table. And he's really the only guy on the board that way that can be sort of that Pied Piper type of not just recruit, but then when he gets to school type of player. And, and so that's, that, that's a, a big thing. Why I think that Manti comparison makes a lot of sense. I don't think he's the quite the player Manti was coming out of high school, but we're not making a direct comparison as a no, player no, 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 about no. the aspects of we had to beat some big boys for him. You had to go out Absolutely. West for him. Absolutely. And then just the character that he brings to the table would be. Because at that point, USC had that pipeline. Right. Coming from the islands, going to USC for linebackers, you know. And and so that was a huge win for Brian Kelly. And, that was uh, and, Charlie. I mean, not Charlie Weiss at uh, Notre Dame to get him, you know, for multiple reasons. So the only thing I would say well, you you you've talked to people. I don't know his personality, but he seems like an in-your-face type of kid. Like, man, let me. I'm going to carry the banner just like Drake. Drake yeah. is is Notre Dame. Drake's going to wear Notre Dame and how he feels about Notre Dame on his sleeves. Like, you're going to know as he plays on the field, he's going to play with that energy. He's going to be in your face, and he's going to be in his teammates' face. So yeah, you 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 expressed it perfectly. Be you you definitely expressed it perfectly. If that's the type of individual that he is, this is a win-win. This is a win-win-win in yeah. recruiting if Notre Dame can get him in the class. Here's number two guy on the board, Gearby Lambert. I think this is one because there's the biggest need is he's very ta- the biggest reason is he's very talented. Uh-huh. The second reason is is it's a position of a huge need, huge need, and and to me the and it's not O line specifically or it's tackle specifically. Yeah, he's a big recruit, and it's going to tell us a lot about Joe Rudolph's ability to really come in and shake things up, and and I think that's going to be something that's going to be vitally important, vitally important. I mean, you look at Harry; he stands first similar class, right? So his first class was twenty thirteen. And so he got hired in what December yeah. of of uh, the t- 2011 season, and they've got Ronnie Stanley at the end. He, you know, Ed Warner did most of the work there. Coach Eastan helped finish the deal with Ronnie, but they were already in a good position there. But then you come at that first class of 2013, you get Mike McGlinchey, you get Steve Elmer, you get Colin McGovern, Hunter Biven, and John Montalis. I was never that high on John Montalis, but you know, you really filled up. You, you really got, I mean, you got your five guys. I mean, you're able to go right. out and get that class. And he only had about a month or two head start on Joe Rudolph. I mean, and then he stands second class was even better with, with Quentin Nelson and Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer and Jimmy Byrne. And, and so we're going to need to see coach Rudolph show that he can come in and, and has the chops to recruit the best players. And that's the question we don't have is, is can he go against the best teams in the country? Can he beat Penn state and Michigan and Ohio state for a kid like Gary Lambert? It's great that you can identify an Anthony Knapp. That's phenomenal. That's great. If you if he's as good as you, as it, assuming that Anthony Knapp is as good as go, Joe Rudolph thinks he is, I personally don't see it, but I hope that he's right. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in this instance. But the reality is you're at Notre Dame. You should be able to go out and beat the best teams in the country for some kids. You don't have to do it for all of them. Like one of right. the questions that we'll, we'll answer a question like this was, why, why does Notre Dame always get the best players in the offensive line? Well, they don't always want the best, the quote unquote best players on the offensive line. It's about building a unit, 
a group of five guys that work well together. And sometimes that includes several high ranked guys. And sometimes it means one or two and the rest are, you know, are just good players, but you always have to be able to beat the big boys for at least a guy or two. And when you look at the 2012 class, I mean, they did that with Steve Elmer. They, they actually did that with Hunter Biven. He was a pretty heavily sought after guy. Uh, 2014, you had to do that with Quentin Nelson. You had to do that with Alex Bars. Uh, 2015, you had to do that with Jerry Tillery. Now, and Tillery ends up moving to the defensive line, defensive line yeah. but you know they had to go. They had to beat. I mean, LSU wanted them hard and all that type of stuff. 2016, you had to go in. You went into Ohio State's backyard, beat Urban Meyer for Liam Meikenberg and Tommy Kramer. 2017, you had to beat teams from all over the country to get Robert Hainsey. You had to beat all the East Coast and Big Ten powers to get Josh Lugg. And then you had to go out and beat some West, some big time West Coast schools to get an Aaron Banks. I mean, th- this is Notre Dame. That's the expectation. And even even Joe Quinn, Jeff Quinn did that yeah. to, with some kids, you know, where he was able to beat some some big time schools for some kids. Not a lot, but some. Joe Rudolph needs to be able to show he can do that. And Gearby Lambert's the first example. On top of the fact he just plays in a huge position of need, Marcus Freeman says, "Look, this is what Marcus Freeman has said, and I believe him to, to believe this, and I and I believe it to be true as well. We're going to be a, a, a line driven program. The reality is, is if you're going to say that as the head coach, you need to hold those two coaches more accountable than anybody you have on your staff from a recruiting standpoint. Anybody. And right yes. now." They are doing some good things. Al Washington has had a decent bounce back year, but he's got to close well. You've got to be able to get the Justin Scotts and the Elijah Rushings. And if you're the offensive line coach, you've got to beat the you've got to get the Gear B Lamberts. I'm cool with you taking flyers on a guy like Anthony Knapp. Harry Heastan did that with guys like Trevor Ruland. You know, some guys that he saw was like, you know, hey, this guy's a guy that I like, but he's a he's a guy that is, needs some work and you know, is, is taking a flyer on him and and that's okay. You're, but you you have to be able to bring in the dudes as well. You can't just be a program at Notre Dame that says, hey, we are going to go out there and we're just going to get a bunch of Wisconsin kids and develop them. You had to do that at Wisconsin. This is Notre Dame. You can in some instances if the kid is the right. Because this is something I learned from some conversations with Coach Eastan in his years at Notre Dame. It's not always just about getting the most talented guy. And on the offensive line, you got to get a guy that fits a lot of different things. It's not just about popping on film and seeing the guy's really talented. He's got to have the demeanor, the mind, the work ethic, the attitude, the the team unit-oriented first guy. Quentin Nelson was an elite all-time generational talent, but he was a unit first guy. Yeah. Right. And so he had the mentality. Other elite players don't have that mentality and would not have fit at Notre Dame. So there is that to it. But you've got to go out and find the elite players that fit that and get them. Harry did it. Quinn even did it to a degree. Ed Warner did it to a degree. He got Matt Hegarty. He got Ronnie Stanley. I mean, he got some some very talented players. Joe Rudolph is going to have more years to do that. But I'm sorry. This isn't an offensive lineman from a private school in Massachusetts. Notre Dame should be able to get this kid. And right now, yes. I don't think that they are. So if he's able to rebound and and get him back into the fold and maybe add him to the class, that says a lot about his ability to, to go out there and battle. And even if you're behind the eight ball a little bit because, you know, Coach Heastan left and then you had to rebuild that relationship. These other coaches had a year head start on you, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I would say, why were you not recruiting this kid at Virginia Tech? It's a different conversation for a different day. But that's going to be an important piece of this, Sean, is 
it's going to tell us a lot about, okay, Joe Rudolph is that dude. And, you know, we're going to find out if him and, and, and I'll tell you what, if him and, and Al Washington aren't able to close here on some of these guys, then if Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman's going to have to stop talking about how this is a line driven program because he says it's got to be about coaching and recruiting. Well, it's got to, if it's, if you're going to say that, it has to be more true at those two positions than any other. And that's what these next this next month or so is going to tell us about the two line coaches, in my opinion. I just wanted you talk about relationship and how Derby Lambert has kind of shut things down from a communication standpoint. This goes back to last year when we originally originally connected with Derby Lambert. He said it was unbelievable to get an offer from Notre Dame and an absolute honor to be targeted by a coach like Harry Heastead. So that, that kind of gives you the impression initially and now what Notre Dame and Joe Rudolph are going to have to rebuild or reestablish. Because, I look, I've never been a re- recruit, you know, recruited at this level of any sport. But I would venture to say if you had a relationship or I was looking forward to build a relationship with someone that was pretty well established as a legend and what they do, it would be kind of a letdown to know that that person would not be at the university that I'm interested in. It'd be a little bit of a letdown, but it doesn't mean that I'm still not interested in the school. Right? So the interest is there. You know, whether or not Notre Dame's at the top or in a similar position that they were at the time where the offer went out. And he had spoken to Harry Heastand, you know, via the conversation we had multiple times. So now this is this is this is all on Joe Rudolph, right? You, there's no hiding. And I I, I don't it's an unfortunate situation to be in, Brian, because you have a kid that was honest about Harry Heastan and his love for Harry Heastan in the school when he initially got his offer. Now, knowing that, Joe Rudolph, this is one of those, uh, yeah, you kind of he's he's kind of casting a shadow mm-hmm. in his recruitment. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. He All was right. able to go out, and the other coaches that preceded him, they were able to go out and win these type of battles. This is what you have to do at Notre Dame. This, right. you know, you don't have these type of battles, you know, at Wisconsin. Maybe you have a kid occasionally a for a Logan Brown, of, yeah. yeah. But, Nolan Rucci, no. whose brother played at your Absolutely. school, right? But this is every year. Right. This is every class. You have to win these battles, and so we love Joe Rudolph. We're happy he's here, but welcome. This right. this, this is the welcome. Right. In the month of June, to be right. an O-line coach at Notre Dame. Uh, so, some I was asked once, why am I not as hard on uh, Joe Rudolph as I was on on uh, Al Washington a year ago? There's a couple reasons, and I want to discuss it here again. Number one is I'm trying not to be as hard on a first year coach as I was last year because people complained about it, and you sit back and think like, okay. You know, I, I I get it. I'll, I'll I'll give the guy more time. I'll criticize and say he needs to do this, but not just crush him the way that I did Coach Washington last year. It's fair. Still going to be hard on him. But even if I wasn't doing that, 
it comes down to this is I believe that recruiting an offensive lineman is way different than recruiting a defensive lineman. The and we've we said this relationship is there's no position in football where the relationship is more important for a recruit than the offensive line coach, none. And and that's that's a part of it too. That has to be factored in. The other part is is that he didn't walk in the door with Keon Keeley, Brendan Vernon already committed in the class, and you led for Jason Moore and Devin Houston. Yeah. It's a little different situation, but Gearby is similar to that though, and that's why I'm a little bit more critical of him on his decision with Gearby Lambert, or, or, not decision, Caleb on where, how it's going with, with him than, than Anthony Knapp versus Caleb Brewer. Because yeah. I kind of understand that one a little bit. This one, not so much. Because I think the issue with Caleb Brewer is, and again, I don't necessarily agree with it, but they don't view Caleb Brewer, or at least Coach Rudolph doesn't view Caleb Brewer as a tackle. So it's determining between which guy do you want to be more of an interior guy. Gearby Lambert has to be your priority number one at tackle. And you have to be able to go get that one done. And that's just, that's where I'm at on this one. So, but it's going to put a ton of pressure on him for next year, but, but I don't want to move on to next year just yet. Cause you still have Gearby Lambert coming into campus into this month. And if he isn't, if they're able to knock it out of the park, then you can make yourselves players. Number three, Sean Bronte Johnson visits this weekend. His visit starts on Sunday. I think it's going to go through Tuesday. We talked a lot about Bronte early. This is a huge one because you have to be able to close on him and close on him soon in my opinion. That's what they need to do. You've got to get some momentum going to that position, and you've got to land a kid like that. And then once he commits and he's in your class and he's not worried about taking all his other visits and going to other schools, you can really, really hone in on, okay, now let's get this thing going and and really get this 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 aspect of the academic piece going to make sure that you can get him into the class. I think the more time that Bronte is committed to you, if you can get him, the better it is for you to be able to make sure that you're able to stay really on top of him and he's staying on top of finishing strong in the classroom like he's done so far as a junior. And I think that's another reason why this weekend is big. But the football part is also incredibly important. You've got to get not just a safety, a talented high upside safety, and Bronte is that, but he is the most natural center fielder, in my opinion, that they have on the board at safety. And that – that is a huge important piece to this whole puzzle when it comes to um, the safety position. There's two ways, right, of recruiting. You don't just want kids that know the brand and, and want to have an offer from Notre Dame. You want kids that actually want to be here mm-hmm. and want to be part of it and want to be part of building and buy-in. You want kids that buy into the vision of Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. And Bronte Johnson, in my opinion, without taking a step onto the football field, showed his commitment to Notre Dame, which is honestly one of the separators with Notre Dame and other programs. So I know you say, you know, I'll wait in that situation until – He's enrolled. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty darn good sign that the kid can not only come to Notre Dame and enroll, but he's proven to himself yeah. that he can fit in. Yeah. A and lot I of can kids, do the work in the classroom. Yes, That's absolutely. a big thing, especially absolutely. kids from certain parts of the country, yeah. or certain cities where the school districts aren't great, and he's not surrounded by a bunch of great students. You know, hey, look, 
Because you know how the kids like this are, Sean. There's people around him saying, hey, man, you know, you, you can't you can't do that. Or, it, you know, just whatever the case may be. Like, why are you it's, doing all of that? It's not like going to, yeah. you know, where Gearby's at, at, at uh, you know, a, a prestigious private school, private school in Massachusetts. It's, yeah. he's at a st- he is at a public school in Fort Wayne. I have recruited Fort Wayne recently, within the last decade. There's not a lot of we, – we didn't see a lot of great transcripts in, in Fort Wayne. So for him to be able to like, you know, whatever the other noise is out there, him and his support system were like, no, you are capable of this. You can do this. And that he went out and did it, Sean, I think is a great sign. And hopefully he can continue to, to, to get that done. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be a big, a big piece of this. Number four, Sean, this is now where we get to some of these guys where you've already met your numbers, but these are just impact guys that you just have to be able to try to get these guys. Number four mm-hmm. is Elijah Rushing. We mm-hmm. talked a lot about him earlier. Are, is your class going to be incomplete if you don't get Elijah Rushing? No, it's not. But getting him does two things. Number one, it adds a phenomenal talent. Number two, it it, it gives you protection in case you don't get Justin Scott, which is not what I want to see happen. But if you do get Elijah Rushing and Bryce Young continues to fill out, maybe Bryce Young ends up becoming that three technique in this class. And now Elijah is your swing swing end. And then maybe, you know, Cole Mullins becomes your field end. And then Logan Thomas is a Viper. Now Elijah's the guy that can play both. And he's your dude. So you you could still have a pretty darn good defensive line class if you get Elijah rushing and don't get Justin Scott. I would be upset. I would criticize them for not getting Justin Scott. But I'd be able to sit back and say, but that's still a pretty darn good defensive line class. And then say, now you got to figure out why you lost Justin and fix it. But, okay, at Coach Washington, you showed me something. Right. You showed me something with getting Logan Thomas out of Texas and Cole Mullins out of Georgia and and going down and, and getting uh, Elijah rushing in this class. And we anticipate them obviously getting Sean Savoyano. But, you know, that's a little that's a different story for a different day. But you, you're you going to beat the top schools in the country for a five star defensive end from Arizona. That tells me something that tells me something. And they say, well, yeah, but he's a great fit for Notre Dame. Yeah, I know. So was Keon. And look where he signed. It wasn't Notre Dame. So you still got to close the deal. I don't care how good of a fit a kid is, unless it's a kid's a fit from an hour away or 15, 20 minutes away. If it's a great fit from Arizona, you still got to put in the work. You know, Benjamin Morrison was a great fit for Notre Dame. I don't know that he knew that right away. He had, had to be shown that. Christian Gray, Sean, we've talked a lot about this on the show recently. You know, Christian Gray, 13, 14, 15 months ago, Notre Dame was trailing Ohio State and LSU. And I, and I said this, I remember I shared this story with you and, and after I had the lunch with the person who told me this and he said, uh, Christian Gray is a Notre Dame kid. He just doesn't know it yet. And that's why the staff wasn't worried. And it was just kind of like, well, uh, but at the, at the time he didn't know it yet. You still had to sh- sell him on that. It just wasn't, you had to put in the work and get him. So Elijah rushing in any situation, I don't care how great of a fit he is to get him in the class requires work. And it would be a great recruitment. So that's one that is, is to me, he's on this list, Sean, not just because he's elite talent, but to me, him being on this list for me is more about that kind of victory that eases some of the concerns we have about Al Washington. That's the kind of victory that would be to where like, okay, yeah, you got to finish up over here, but man, you've done pretty good. And the final piece is you get an Elijah rushing this class. I think it makes the sales pitch to Justin Scott a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier. Man, because he is observing yeah. classes. He is observing who Michigan is signing. He's observing who Miami signs. 
Yeah, he knows the players he's mm -hmm. going to be visiting Athens with this weekend. Like he's very well aware of the players that are going to be surrounding him in the classes of the programs that are coming after him. So if you get Logan Thomas analyzing rushing, yeah, very impactful. Yes, very impactful. Here's number five, and we talked about him earlier, Carter Nelson. It's not a need. It's a pure, greedy want. That's what it is, Sean. It's this kid's an elite elite upside player. Mm -hmm. He's a freaky talent, and freaky tight end talents are supposed to come to Notre Dame. That's basically what it comes down to. And, you know, and I, I think it would be a – also – it would also be the first big win for Jared Parker. I think Jared Parker has has yeah. impressed me in a lot of ways as the offensive coordinator recruiter, but does he have that big win as a recruiter yet? I don't think that he does. I don't think he's had big losses. He got the guy that he wanted. He wanted Jack Larson over other guys, and he got Jack Larson. Yeah. You know, Jaden Riddell, I think they liked his talent, but I think the staff had some reservations about him a little bit. But this is a guy that Jared Parker has loved for a long time. He's not necessarily in need. Can you go into the backyard of Matt Rule and the they're hot right now and they're picking up kids and there's a lot of buzz there. Can you beat Bama wants this kid? Georgia was recruiting this kid. Everybody wants Carter Nelson now. Can you go out there and get him? That to me says a lot because, again, I, I think Jared Parker's done a nice job so far, but he hasn't been in a position to really be in one of these battles. And this would be a big win for him as an OC and as a tight ends coach. So I think – that's why the Carter Nelson one is a very important recruitment for me. Cause if you can add a kid like of Carter Nelson's caliber to be part of a two tight end class, that's a quite a sales pitch. And I think that kid would be a great fit for what I think Notre Dame wants to do at tight end. But that there's just, there's a lot of reasons that would be a huge win, Sean. And why I have him over a second, you know, Kedron Young or, you know, some of the other guys on the board, a Styles Prescott, mm -hmm. you know, some of those other guys that we could we could certainly put in this top five category, another safety, yeah. guys like that, because that kid would just be a, a needle. I mean, it would be kind of like, man, this offensive class is already pretty dang good, and you added that kid to it. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, that's 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 and if you don't get them, it's not to me. I don't necessarily wouldn't say it's a loss because I think you're good there and you're in a pretty good position with some 25 tight ends. But, man, it would be a huge win. It'd be a bigger win than it would be a loss, if that makes sense, Sean, at that particular position. Oh, it would be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal to get this kid. And like I said, the groundwork has been laid, right? So this is a chance, in my opinion, Notre Dame has a chance to really jump to the front of the line with Carter Nelson. And we know Alabama and all the other programs that are sniffing around but they have a chance to jump to the front of the line and the groundwork that's already been laid by Jared Parker with the multiple visits out there to his home, their relationship that's established, uh, has a really good relationship to his high school. Yeah. It has a really good relationship, you know, just overall built up. So Carter Nelson has probably been at the top of my list and Ryan's list. The first time he threw his oh, film yeah. on. The first time he threw his film on. And then when he showed me his basketball film, I was like, okay. Yep. Yep. You I mean you were impressed by the tight end doing windmill dunks? Yeah. And going between his legs and dunking? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's different. Yeah. That's 
that's different. If you put that on the football field, yeah. that equates to a lot of red zone. Michael Mayer's a stud, Sean. He ain't dunking. No. Like that. No. I don't think he has the dexterity <laughs> no. to put the ball through his legs and, no. dunk. and dunk. No. No. But let me tell you something, man. In a different way, after only getting Cooper Flanagan at the tight end position, which we might as well be on watch because once they get Cooper Flanagan in, Cooper Flanagan, if you watch the senior film, was fantastic coming off the edge mm-hmm. <laughs> defensively. He, he probably stays at tight end. I'm just saying, you know, the, this staff can see certain things and all of a sudden they make a switch. But to get a two-person tight, uh, two tight end class after one person last year, for me, was necessary. They felt like from another, because I just I'm worried about the injuries, B. Sure. Like kids are coming back. You hope that they stay healthy, but it's to the point now with a few of them, like you just don't know. You just don't know. You want more depth. And for me, I can see both Jack Larson and Carter Nelson being on the field at the same time, adding different things to the passing game. Yeah. I can see Carter Nelson stretching the defense, and I can see Jack Larson going across the middle, pops, working the zones, sitting down in zones, working off the edge of the line. And you, Heck, have you seen the plays that – the clutch plays at the end of games mm-hmm. that Jack Larson made his junior year? If you Jack Larson's seen it, a very underrated player by no doubt. Go check out his film. Yeah. He made at least – Three to four plays in the Sean, fourth we had people in this chat last week games. talking about dropping him from the class, and, and I'm just like, come on now. For what? Yeah. Because he's ranked as a three-star now, basically, nah. is what I think it has to do with. Nah. But, uh, but yeah, but to, to, to your the, – the, the, just so you understand where I'm coming from, Sean, about why I, I don't view it as a need is if Tommy Reese was still the offensive coordinator, I would view Carter Nelson as a need. But Good I think point. with with Good the point. fact that I think they're going to go to a more balanced approach, personnel wise, more eleven, more you know, more twenty one and and twelve and thirteen will still be used, but won't be used as heavily as what we saw uh, in in from past years. Is five is five is enough for me? And next year you're going to have you're going to have Mitch Elevens, you're going to have Elijah or Holden Stace, you're going to have Eli, Eli. Rarin, you're going to have. Uh, uh, Cooper Flanagan and you're going to have Jack Larson. You're going to have five and then you go get two in next year's loaded tight end class. And I'm, I'm okay with that. So that's why I don't think it's a must, but I also completely understand why. And this is why I've said, I would understand. I would be, I would understand if the Nerdium staff decided they wanted to take a fourth receiver instead or a fourth safety instead of a second tight end. I get it. I just think at the end of the day, Carter Nelson's just too talented for them to say no to. I think that's what it come, came down. I think, I think that there were some people in the in – the, since my read, there were some people in the program that were looking at the numbers and saying, hey, I don't think this is going to work. But it, but I, 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 this isn't something I know for a fact. This is just me reading between the lines. I have a feeling if Jared Parker was still just the tight ends coach, they wouldn't necessarily be pushing as hard for Carter Nelson. Because I think you'd have like, hey, we need to, you know, we need to make the numbers work here. We need to make the numbers work there. I uh, think that now that Jared Parker is the offensive coordinator, I think he was able to kind of say, hey, 
We're going to take this kid. We're going to take this kid. Got a little bit more influence in the room. (laughs) That's just my read on it. No one's told me that. I don't. That's not like intel. That's just kind of my read on the situation. Yeah. Uh, Just knowing how high Jared Parker is on Carter Nelson, I think I could I could see something like that having happened as well. Which is why there was the discussion about are we really going to take a second tight end and all that? And Jared Parker said, "Yeah, we're taking one. We're taking a second tight end. There's no doubt about it." And so that's what they're going to try to do. So makes it big. So, Sean, that's going to do it for this portion of the show. We're going to do a, a, a quick mailbag here. We do have some questions coming up. But before we jump into the mailbag, everybody, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast. If you're also someone who listens via podcast platform, make sure that you're not only subscribed to the Irish Breakdown channel, but you need to subscribe to the CFB Nation channel as well because that's where you can find all of Lucky Lefty shows. We're going to be transitioning Lucky Lefty over to just the CFB Nation app uh, here oh, pretty soon as we go forward. And so if you want to continue listening to all the C and the numbers tell us that you are all listening to it, you're going to still find it. You're going to find it on the CFB nation app. So uh, we're going to put that link uh, to the, to the, the, where you can subscribe to it in the link below. Uh, but you want to really subscribe, make sure that you subscribe to the CFB nation channel app. I'm actually going to f- pull that up here right now, Sean, I'm going to put the uh, CFB nation link uh, for um, blue wire, which has the link to Spotify and also has the link to Apple Podcasts, where you can find both of those, and you can find the CFB Nation app on all your all your platforms uh, where you can find podcasts. So go subscribe to the CFB Nation podcast app right now. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.